several miles off the main highway, tucked away in a secluded canyon on prime vineyard property, stands a rustic barn that was built many decades before the vines around it were planted. In that barn, a sophisticated broadcast and recording studio has been built. The barn also has a well-hidden root cellar stocked with many of the world's most exceptional wines, only to be shared with guests who secretly come to offer their insights and tell their stories. Guests are sworn to secrecy and are shuttled to the studio aboard a John Deere tractor. Those who cannot make the journey in person are interviewed by satellite hookup, and sometimes the crew simply sneaks away with microphones in hand and interviews guests in barrel rooms, wine cellars, and other magical places. All of this is done like clockwork every single week so that we can bring you another episode of Grape Encounters Radio. Peel me a grape Crush me some ice Skin me a peach Save the fuzz for my pillow All right, and it is time for your weekly grape encounter. And oh my gosh, I could not be more pleased to have on the guest that I have on today because I have for many years been wanting to attend really what I think is the consummate wine event that goes on on the entire planet. It is the Vin Expo. And I am so pleased to have on today Xavier de Izaguirre. He is the chairman of Vin Expo, and it is by far away the largest wine event that goes on and it is going to be happening uh, this June. Xavier, thank you so much for joining us today. David, it's a pleasure to be with you today. Oh my gosh, the pleasure is mine. Uh, Vin Expo has turned into really just an enormous event. Tell me uh, to begin with just how many people are now attending because, you know, it hasn't been around all that long, but the growth of this event has just been tremendous. Let's talk about that. Yes, it is a very large uh, uh, wine and spirits, actually, uh, trade show. Uh, We have about uh, 2,400 exhibitors uh, this year, and we expect about 49,000 visitors from 151 countries, and they all are trade visitors. 151 countries. Is Absolutely. That, I feel like I'm uh, I'm hearing things. There are 151 countries that participate. It's amazing to think that there are that many countries that are actually making wine and spirits. It's not only making, but also consuming. You know, well, so well, it's well, yeah, really but, a mixture of uh, uh, buyers and sellers. So how does this work exactly? Because for the person who is exhibiting and having uh, for sampling their wines there, you know, it seems almost impossible to me that all of these people can taste all of these wines and spirits, it must be an amazing challenge for the people who visit there. You're quite right, actually, because the offer is absolutely enormous, and it really reflects what the wine business has become worldwide. I mean, it used to be a business concentrated in a few countries in Europe, and today it's global. It's global. You have markets opening up all over the world, emerging markets all over the world, and traditional markets continuing to consume. So it has boomed, literally, in the last 40 years. And the Vinexpo is a reflection of that. Now, uh, you are absolutely right. It's very difficult to, uh, uh, for a buyer or uh, somebody in the industry to uh, try everything. So VinExpo, you have to prepare yourself for VinExpo. You have to identify the people you want to see, the type of products you want to 
taste, uh, the companies that you want to meet. So it's not just, uh, you know, fly to Bordeaux and uh, uh, get to Vinexpo and uh, walk around. I think you're uh, absolutely right. You have to know what you want to do and who you want to see uh, prior to getting there. So to begin with, how do you recommend that somebody navigate an event like Vinexpo? Because, you know, you go there, obviously, you have the opportunity to taste literally thousands of wines and spirits. So, you know, what is the strategy that you recommend for the person who is going to attend, you know, and obviously this is a great event for buyers, whether they're in the restaurant business or they're a retailer, they have the opportunity to taste literally thousands of wines and spirits. Mm -hmm. How do you begin? Because I wouldn't even know where to start. It's obviously uh, your selection uh, of uh, the people or the products that you want to taste uh, and the people you want to meet. Uh, we cannot give you uh, uh, an advice on uh, how to do it. Obviously, <laughs> there is uh, all kinds of uh, directories, and uh, uh, we have a directory of uh, exhibitors that it looks like a phone book. So you have to go through it before you even uh, uh, travel to Bordeaux and know exactly who you want to see and what you want to try. It's not just uh, you know walk around and uh, taste uh, what you want. On top of that, most of the companies that are uh, exhibiting, whether they are large or, or smaller, uh, they have, um, during uh, six months, you know, prepared more or less all the meetings they want to have. They have uh, full agendas. Even when they uh, arrive in Bordeaux, they know exactly who they are going to meet and uh, what they are going to talk about uh, uh, every hour, basically. So it, it requires a lot of work, and sometimes it's, uh, it's teamwork because, you know, as far as uh, larger companies are concerned, you have a, a lot of uh, personnel in the, uh, the these uh, stands. So let's talk for a moment about the meetings because the meetings are yeah. set up uh, well in advance. And this is the beauty, I think, of Vinexpo is the fact that the people who are showing their products and the people who are potential buyers are getting together in these intimate meetings. Tell me how that works because that really is the essence of what goes on at this event. Okay, it goes uh, different ways. Uh, okay. There is one way, which is basically you are a large uh, producer. Uh, you have a network of distributors, importers, uh, distributors around the world. So you will be uh, meeting these uh, these people, uh, and you will take care of uh, all your uh, your uh, appointments and meetings and, uh, and so forth. Uh, but it can be also uh, uh, going through a service that we Vinexpo provide, which we call uh, one on wine. Uh, basically, uh, you contact us. And uh, you, uh, as a buyer, you contact us and tell us, I want to see or see so-and-so or or that company or uh, taste uh, that type of product. Can you arrange a meeting? So we have a full service that will take care of that. So in other words, if you want to see a specific uh, person or a specific company, uh, all you have to do is call us, and we will um, we'll take care of the appointment and make sure the the meeting with the right person. So you actually um, so you actually arrange the meeting between the buyer and the purchaser. Yes, yes. When that is uh, requested, uh, definitely we do it. You know, but some companies don't need us to do that. You know, because they have, right. uh, as I said again, their own networks, and uh, you know, Vinexpo is. Uh, uh, how should I put it? This is an incredible get-together of the entire industry. And it's like traveling uh, in uh, six continents in uh, four days, basically. And as a buyer, instead of... Uh 
you know, jumping uh, in a plane and uh, going from one uh, stop to the other. All you have to do is, uh, you know, come to Expo and you will meet all the people you want. I say just show up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. So how difficult is it for somebody who is a small producer to, first of all, get a berth at Expo and, and to be able to participate? Because it would seem to me that somebody who is, you know, not a large producer, it's very hard to get visibility in this industry. How difficult is it for me to be able to participate at Expo and to be able to, to be a part of this event? The point you're raising is a very, very, uh, very uh, interesting and very accurate uh, because um, over the years, you know, obviously we've had a huge attendance from uh, large companies, uh, uh, large wineries, uh, producers uh, from all over the world. But it is true that uh, it was uh, very intimidating and difficult for smaller companies or smaller growers uh, to be part of Inexpo. And we recognize that uh, not only because it was uh, difficult to get your way through the big uh, companies, but also because uh, of the cost of attending VNEXPO. So uh, we have, um, in the last couple of years, decided to really open up to this uh, section of, uh, of this category of, uh, of uh, producers because it is, uh, number one, growing and growing very fast. And it goes with the trend that we see uh, of uh, consumers looking for, uh, and, and even the trade actually, looking for crafted products, artisan products, uh, niche wines, uh, products that, you know, are not standard and distributed in a very large uh, way by the big companies. But products that have uh, that are very specific to a terroir or to uh, a region. So what we have decided for the coming edition is to open up a whole section of the the exhibition to these uh, small uh, guys to make it uh, easier for for them to uh, in, on a financial basis. Uh, we provide small booths that are rather inexpensive and that will give them tremendous exposure. At the same time, we have already alerted a lot of buyers, telling them that this section is going to exist. And I can tell you that this uh, will uh, generate a lot of excitement. And we have already people asking us about who will be, uh, will be uh, exhibiting. And uh, they are very, very interested in the concept. So it's a good point that you raised because it was uh, a criticism that we had in the past. Uh, I have to say it. And we are trying now to uh, address that. And it really goes along with the trends that we see. I mean, people are looking for specialities, for crafted products more and more and more. And that includes uh, the trade. I mean, the buyers are interested in this sort of, uh, of, uh, of wines and, uh, and productions, even, uh, even uh, you know, spirits, you know, uh, catching this, uh, this, this category. Yes. Well, there certainly is an infatuation with the, the small brands, the boutique producers. Yeah. Just stay with me for a second. We're going to take a quick break. There are so many things to talk about. We could talk for hours about it. But, yeah. uh, just hang yeah. with me for a second. We are talking to Xavier de Izaguirre. He is the chairman of VinExpo 2017 coming up in Bordeaux in June, and we will jump right back into this conversation in just a moment as we return with Grape Encounters Radio. You are listening to America's number one wine radio show, Grape Encounters with David Wilson, broadcasting from our wine cellar studio in idyllic Atascadero, California. And we 
are back with Grave Encounters Radio, and what a huge privilege to be able to talk to the chairman of Vin Expo going on in June in 2017 in Bordeaux. With me on the line today is Xavier de Isaguir. He is the chairman of Vin Expo, and we were just talking about the small producers because it is so difficult. If you are a winemaker and you are a small producer making just, let's say, just a few hundred or a few thousand cases of wine, getting a break in the industry can be so difficult, but an event like Vinexpo can change your entire life. I just was curious, Xavier, are there stories that you can tell me about winemakers and perhaps spirit makers as well who have had their lives changed because of this event? I cannot give you a specific story, but it's it's been like that for the last uh, 35 years since we started. You know, the, the exposure that we give to uh, these people producing uh, either spirits or uh, or uh, wines is, is tremendous because basically you have in the same place all the buyers, all the importers, all the distributors, uh, all the retailers that are interested in uh, distributing uh, a or some products. So for a large or a small uh, company, it is obviously the best way to be the, the people they want to be. So it's this number of success stories uh, is huge. I can tell you that, uh, for instance, two years ago, I was contacted by the uh, Minister of uh, Commerce from Georgia. Georgia is a very large uh, wine-producing uh, country. Uh, we have forgotten that during the uh, Soviet regime, uh, these uh, regions uh, were producing wine, mass wine, for the rest of the uh, Soviet Union. But they are ma- now coming back to uh, what they used to do for centuries. I mean, Georgia is probably one of the oldest producers in the world. They even claim that the first wines were made in Georgia. Actually, a lot of people say that around that area, like even the Armenians and so forth. But they came to me and they say, we want to put Georgia on the map. What can we do? And I said, well, we will help you as much as we can. You will put together your stand and we will provide all the meetings that you want to have. Uh, we will give you uh, the, the opportunity of uh, doing a press conference, of meeting the, the, the international press. There's one thing that I, I didn't mention before, is that we are uh, between 1,200 and 1,500 journalists and writers from all over wow. the world. So that in itself is a tremendous uh, exposure for, uh, for a newcomer or a new country or a new uh, uh, wine or a new winery. So, I mean, this is the type of success stories that uh, I can talk to you about uh, for hours and hours and hours. Obviously, Georgia was the first to call us back and say, I want to book my stand for the next edition. And I can say the same for Moldavia, for uh, Uruguay, for uh, Morocco, for so many other uh, countries. Uh, uh, sometimes it's, it's countries as opposed to a specific winery. But this is the, the sort of thing that we, we provide. So how open-minded is the rest of the world to hearing about wines that they are not typically accustomed to talking about? Because, you know, in the U.S., for instance, Georgian wines are very difficult to find. Um, But is the world in a place now where they are really open-minded to this and are really excited about talking about, you know, not the traditional wines that we're used to talking about? 
Absolutely. I mean, this is the beauty of uh, this uh, this business and the wine business in general is that, you know, 40, 50 years ago, it was it used to be a very parochial, very provincial uh, business. You would drink the wines that were produced in your hometown or uh, region. Uh, if I uh, look at France, I mean, uh, Baudelaire would never drink a Burgundy and a Burgundy would never drink a, a Champagne right. uh, and so forth. And for a long time, actually, the, the, the producing countries were literally uh, selling their entire production to the domestic market. But things have changed a lot. Uh, and today, it has become an absolutely global business. There's never been so much wine shipped from one area of the world to the other because the consumer has uh, obviously matured a lot uh, over the last four decades. And uh, the consumer has become very, very curious, very interested. And that's the beauty of the wine business because you start at some point uh, drinking uh, table wine uh, or probably the local table wine, but as you grow your taste, you want to explore other things. And today, because of the uh, communication, because of the traveling, people going around the world tasting other things, uh, they have this tremendous curiosity for wines from different parts of the world. And this is for me, I've been uh, in the uh, the wine business for nearly 40 years. This is absolutely extraordinary because I witnessed it. Uh, when I started, it was a very parochial business. You know, you would sell French wines in France and a few other countries around. You would sell Spanish wines in Spain and Italian wines in Italy. Today, these producing countries are selling their products worldwide. Now, if we talk about the United States, you know, 40 years ago, the production was very limited. The production of wine was basically uh, jug wine. Uh, and um, today, the U.S. has become uh, the number one drinking market in the world, uh, even uh, larger than, the, than France and Italy. And uh, today, uh, the U.S. is the fourth largest producer in the world. And that happens only in 40 years. And now you can go anywhere in France, you will be able to taste California wines which was totally unheard of. Even 20 years ago, you couldn't even think of doing that. Now you go in the restaurants in Paris and you will drink, uh, you will be able to drink uh, South African, uh, Argentinian, Chilean, California wines, or even New York wines, uh, because there's a tremendous amount of curiosity that has been developed by the trade, actually, uh, first, and then by the consumers. Well, that is very good to know, that they're drinking California wines in, uh, <laughs> in France. In France, especially, you folks do a great deal of studying of what's going on in terms of wine trends. You have the International yes. Wine and Spirits research that you do. Mm -hmm. uh, talk to me about how things have changed in terms of the openness that other countries have to wines that they typically would not have consumed before. Uh, well, it, it really goes to um, back to what I was saying. I mean, the, it is really now a, a matter of a consumers willing to taste uh, things other than what they have around them. And that has uh, completely changed in, uh, let's say, the last 20 or 25 years. Um, we, um, as you mentioned, we've been Expo conduct uh, every year a very thorough research uh, on uh, how the market is uh, evolving and uh, uh, what the forecast is going to be in the following uh, five years. And we can see trends developing. For instance, uh, there's a one that is really striking us now, uh, which is organic and, uh, and 
bio yes, yes. Uh, wines. This is really something that has been happening for quite a while. I mean, it's not just a new phenomenon. But the, for the first time, we see a tremendous amount of uh, interest from uh, consumers and, of course, professionals to the uh, biodynamic and, uh, and uh, organic wines. So uh, we decided, because it's no longer a, a fashion or a fad, it has become almost a category, uh, we decided to open up a special section at Vinexpo for organic uh, wines. So this is the kind of thing we, we research, we analyze, and we also, you know, make decisions of uh, creating uh, the platform for uh, professionals uh, to discover new uh, new products or, or products that uh, follow a, a specific uh, trend. Okay, so I really want you to hold that thought because organic and biodynamic wines is such an interesting topic. So let's take just a, a very quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about that a little bit more. We're talking to Xavier de Izaguir. He is the chairman of Vinexpo 2017 and wow, what a huge, huge event. We'll talk more about what's going on in June of 2017 17 in Bordeaux when we return with Grape Encounters Radio. Now back to Grape Encounters with David Wilson. A bottle of red bottle of whites It all depends upon your appetite I'll meet you anytime you want in our Italian restaurant Back with Grape Encounters Radio and what a distinct pleasure to have on Xavier de Izaguirre. He is the chairman of Vinexpo 2017. It'll be taking place in Bordeaux. This is just a mammoth event. If you are a winemaker, if you are a wine buyer, a restaurant, a distributor, this is the event you want to go to. I've got Xavier on the line. How many people will actually go to Vinexpo? It's a mammoth event, right? We expect uh, 48,000 professionals. Again, I mean, this show is not open to consumers, to the public. It's only trade people. So we will, uh, we expect around 49 to 50,000 uh, uh, visitors. I'm guessing it's hard to get a room in Bordeaux during Vinexpo. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this is a very good point because for, for years we've been fighting with the city of Bordeaux because we didn't have enough uh, decent bedrooms actually to offer. But things have improved a lot. I mean, the city of Bordeaux has increased incredibly moved. It's today one of the most beautiful cities in, uh, in Europe, and uh, they've award- got all kinds of awards, traveling awards and all that. Uh, the city also has been recognized by the uh, UNESCO, and uh, so we have a tremendous amount of tourism, so the, the rooms have uh, improved, and there's a, a lot more rooms than before. So I guess you don't just stay in hotels, you can stay in private homes, all kinds of things, right? Yes. Yeah, you can rent a house, you can rent uh, an apartment, uh, you can also, you know, a lot of people, you know, even go to the, the, to the seashore, because, you know, both of is only uh, 30 minutes away from the beautiful right. uh, summer resort of Arcachon. So uh, some of the big companies, you know, even rent boats uh, in that area and uh, commute uh, every day uh, with Vinexpo. Big improvements also that we have uh, in the last, uh, since the last edition is that we have a, a tram that comes from uh, straight from the center of the city 
to uh, the uh, Vinexpo gate. So you can be uh, at Vinexpo in uh, less than 20 minutes. It used to be uh, almost a nightmare, but uh, today it's very, very easy. So talk to me about the venue where the event is actually held. Is it more than one place or is it just one single place? It's a one single place, but it's uh, very spread out. It's uh, just in the outskirts of Bordeaux in a beautiful area between uh, the Gironde River. And it's, you know, that's where the vineyards uh, really start. So we're uh, right on the edge of uh, the Medoc, and uh, and also there's a beautiful lake around uh, the Vinexpo site. So we have a, a series of uh, buildings. One is the major uh, uh, exhibition center uh, that has been around for a long time, actually. When it was built, uh, that building was the longest building ever built in uh, in Europe. It was one kilometer long. Wow. Uh, but around that site, now you have a very, very uh, well-designed uh, and organized international uh, center. There's also a beautiful soccer stadium. There is uh, all kinds of buildings. Uh, There's also a major, major museum that was inaugurated uh, just about a year ago, uh, which is La Cité des Vins. It is a museum about the wines, but not the border wines or not the French wines. It is a a museum about the wines of the world and not uh, showing barrels and uh, and bottles. It is really a cultural uh, museum that when there's so many different uh, events and uh, get-togethers and conferences and all that. So all this is in the same, more or less the same area, which has become really uh, quite uh, quite beautiful, quite uh, gorgeous. So it's a series of uh, buildings, but they all are connected, and uh, you move from one another. So we, Phoenix, will rent most of the space, actually, for, uh-huh. uh, for one week. So just a slight departure. I think sometimes when at least Americans think about Bordeaux, they think of, about it as being a pretentious place, but yeah. Everybody that I've ever met from Bordeaux, the winemakers there, are very unpretentious and very down-to-earth people. You know, what what really is the atmosphere when you get there? And when you go to Vinexpo, besides going to the exhibition and this event, you know, what are the other things that people will take advantage of when in Bordeaux? So much going on uh, now uh, in Bordeaux, whether on the cultural side or uh, architectural uh, side. It, it, this is a, one of the most beautiful cities in Europe. You know, it's uh, it's very much like uh, St. Petersburg in many ways. It's an 18th century uh, city which has completely be, been uh, uh, reorganized, restructured, re, uh, repainted, <laughs> re, uh, everything. It used to be a bit dark and uh, unfriendly. You're absolutely right. You know, some years ago it was not so open as it is today, but because of uh, the main years you pay in the last 30 years i mean the tremendous uh, amount of uh of work has been done, and uh, also the openness you're, you're talking about. Yes, indeed, it comes uh, from the wine people, of course, which, uh, you know, it, it, it's a business of uh, friendship and uh, relationships. And uh, right. uh, today, when you go to Bordeaux, you're uh, really welcome as, a, as a, an important uh, 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 participants to the, uh, uh, the putting the wines on, on the world map. Uh, so you're always welcome. There's also a new, brand new generation of young, bright uh, uh, people, because uh, Bordeaux also is a very big center for uh, uh, aviation. Uh, we have, uh, you know, all the Falcon uh, aircrafts are built in Bordeaux, so we have a lot of young engineers and uh, people. They brought a lot of uh, young and fresh uh, uh, spirit, you know, which uh, really makes Bordeaux today uh, very, very special. Also, it is a blessed uh, country in many, many ways, because you have... Uh, 
30 minutes from uh, the Atlantic Ocean with fantastic beaches. You're uh, two hours from the Pyrenees, so you can ski uh, uh, all winter. You're uh, less than two hours from Spain, so you can go to uh, the other side and uh, and discover uh, the, the Spanish cuisine and so forth. It's probably uh, one of the best centers in France for gastronomy. We have so much to offer, you know, the foie gras and the, so many specialties, and of course, uh, probably some of the best wines in the world. When you're in Bordeaux, you have so many opportunities. It is uh, just unreal. I mean, there's very few cities in the world that can offer such a variety of uh, opportunities and uh, pleasures also. Well, you could be the head of the uh, Bordeaux Tourism Board. <laughs> well, so there, let's go back for a second and talk about organic wines for a second, because this is such an interesting topic. You know, it wasn't very long ago that organic wines were, you know, I hate to say it, but they weren't that delicious, you know. And now all of a sudden, the organic wines, the biodynamic wines are really actually some of the best wines that are being made. So this is a very uh, important focus of this year's Vinexpo, right? And let's talk about that. Tell me what kind of attention you're paying to the these wines at Vinexpo 2017. Well, absolutely. I mean, this is really a trend that we believe is a very long-term uh, trend. Uh, we uh, we see all these wines. I mean, it's really coming, you know, from uh, how should I put it? Uh, for for decades, uh, producers have tried to produce wines uh, according to certain guides and. Uh, certain ratings and trying to get uh, the best marks. Uh, right. uh, and they were kind of uh, losing their soul and personality by doing that because they wanted to please uh, uh, Mr. So-and-so and get uh, good uh, good ratings. Uh, today, it's exactly the opposite. Today, uh, the uh, growers, uh, large and smaller, actually, want to give uh, the personality of their products back to, to the wines. So we're more than ever uh, in the wine business uh, with the organic uh, uh, trend going back to the, this uh, terroir approach, you know, if you, you if you know what I mean by terroir, sure. uh, which is really the reflection of what a specific area can produce, uh, and uh, of course, uh, according to uh, the regulation, uh, is not the same from one country to the other, you know, as, uh, when it comes to organic wines. But basically, when people want to produce an organic wine, they have to uh, to uh, obviously. Uh, uh, not use all the uh, chemicals and products that have been used uh, in some areas. Uh, the one thing that I want to stress here is that there's much more organic wines and uh, bio wines than you think. Because in my opinion, there's a lot of people around the world, and particularly in France, I have to say, I'm a little bit biased, that have been producing uh, bio wines without knowing it. Because we have a, a, a very strict regulation in France. You cannot use fertilizers. You cannot water the, vine the, the vineyards. You cannot use uh, this or that type of pesticide or herbicide and all that. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, wines that have been bio and organic uh, uh, without knowing it. So I personally think it's a wonderful to get this, uh, all of a sudden, this uh, consumer uh, interest and uh, awareness about these products because we're going back to the basics. We're going back to what the wine business is all about, a tiny little vineyard, a vigneron or a winemaker producing a unique wine uh, and in, um, with his passion and with his, uh, his uh, savoir-faire as opposed to uh, uh, making industrial wines that which is happening in some parts of the world. Yeah, there's no disputing the fact that the wine industry is experiencing some amazing changes, and it's definitely a positive evolution we're witnessing. I want to talk a bit more about the organic and biodynamic trend going on all over the world, 
and we'll do that after a short break. I'm so honored to have Xavier de Izaguir on the line to give us an amazing overview of VinExpo 2017. It's happening in Bordeaux, and I think I've got to go. Your Grape Encounter with David Wilson will continue right after this. And while you're listening to these important messages, we are going to sip into something more comfortable. Like certain wines, he's syrupy, sweet, and has long legs. Here's David Wilson. Back with Grape Encounters Radio and my very esteemed guest, Xavier de Izaguirre, chairman of VinExpo Bordeaux 2017. A few minutes ago, we were talking about probably the single most important change in the wine industry. Isn't it amazing that now we're making these organic and biodynamic wines? And you would think that would be more difficult, but in reality, when we do things in a more natural way, we actually create a better product and um, it actually is less stress on the environment, but maybe perhaps less stress on the winemaker as well. Absolutely, absolutely, and and much more rewarding, you know, because yes. if you if you produce a wine of that uh, quality, uh, obviously the the consumer is going to be uh, <laughs> is going to be around, and uh, you get uh, you will get recognition. So it it is really uh, the artisan approach has always been very rewarding. Okay, know? okay. So there's one last thing I want to talk about before we go, and uh, we are talking to. Xavier de Izaguer. He is the chairman of VinExpo 2017, and I don't want to leave before we talk about Spain as the country of honor for this year's VinExpo. Spain Spain is just red hot right now as wines are concerned. Let's talk about this honor that's being bestowed on them, and uh, where are Spanish wines going? Well, actually, uh, yes, uh, we decided to uh, pay tribute to the Spanish wines. We did two years ago, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, pay a tribute to the U.S. Uh, uh, yes. market and the U.S. Uh, wine production. But this year, it's Spain. Why? Because Spain is uh, is among the three uh, uh, largest uh, uh, wine producers in the world. And there are, as you say, certainly uh, very, very trendy now. For us also in Bordeaux, uh, Spain is our, our brother, is our, is our neighbor. You know, it's only, uh, you know, from Bordeaux to uh, Rioja, it's uh, uh, three hours uh, driving. So we right. are very, very connected to the other side. We like each other. There's always been a lot of exchanges between uh, uh, the two sides. So it, it, it was time to um, pay tribute to our friends uh, from uh, from Spain. Also, uh, I'm sure you know that in the last 20 or 25 years, the, the Spanish gastronomy has improved uh, tremendously. And there's so many incredible restaurants, uh, even uh, three-star uh, restaurants, actually, in Spain. It's just amazing. The creativity of some of the chefs, whether on the Basque side or the uh, the Catalan side, is just uh, uh, fantastic. So that's what we are also planning to do. We will bring to Bordeaux not only the best wines of Spain, but also the best chefs of uh, Spain. So we will have a really uh, kind of a gigantic uh, 
food pairing uh, uh, operation event, and uh, we hope that this will not only fascinate uh, the uh, the trade, but also the press that will be attending. What, what do you think is the reason behind the interest in Spanish wines now? Because I operate a retail wine store in addition to hosting the yeah. show, and yes, Spanish wines are very hot right now, but I have not put my finger on why that is. First of all, the quality of uh, the wines has uh, improved a lot uh, and uh, is uh, really getting into, uh, I mean, the quality really is now matching what the consumer likes. You know, they're more on the fruit, they're more on the uh, balanced uh, type of wine. Right. And the other reason also, I believe, is that they have been extremely good value wines. You know, you can get fantastic yes. uh, Spanish wines at uh, reasonable prices. And that explains also the success that they have uh, worldwide and not only here, but uh, worldwide. So uh, uh, it's a combination of uh, improved quality, not improved quality, I, I should say a quality that is more leaning to what uh, the consumer likes today. You know, younger wines, fresh wines, fruity wines, as opposed to these little heavy uh, uh, wines that they used to uh, produce in the old days, and also very, very interesting uh, uh, pricing. I would imagine that an event like Vinexpo can actually really change trends as far as wine is concerned, because you can have a great impact on how much of these wines make it into other countries and get recognition. Well, we, we try to, to, to do that. I mean, uh, I would be very modest. Uh, we're not uh, setting the trends, but we're right. certainly creating the platform for the, the trends to sort of appear, and we would certainly also uh, create the platform to uh, promote the, the, the trends. And hopefully, uh, this edition of Inexpo will uh, help the Spanish uh, wines to even uh, to get an even better uh, market share worldwide. Okay, we just have a couple of minutes left. I want to ask you, because you do engage in a great deal of research, can you share with us just a few things that you'll be sharing at Vinexpo in terms of trends in the wine world? Just a couple of tidbits to tease our audience. Okay, there's two things that, you know, we have uh, during Vinexpo, besides uh, all the business and glamorous uh, part of it, uh, we also have uh, very interesting uh, conferences and seminars. And uh, the two topics that we're going to address, main topics, we have about 80 or 85 uh, different uh, conferences, but the two main topics that we are going to address, one is uh, global warming, the impact of uh, global warming on uh, winemaking worldwide. It is a subject that, uh, you know, people uh, uh, want to address and talk about because it's uh, it's, uh, it's very interesting. So we'll have all kinds of uh, of experts from uh, around the world to address that. And the other topic, which is a bit more uh, in line with the the current uh, situation in Europe, is uh, the impact of Brexit on the wine business. The English market being uh, the largest importing market in the world, obviously Brexit uh, addresses, uh, I mean, creates uh, a couple of issues that we we need to address. But don't tease me now. Uh, In in terms of, uh, first of all, global global warming, what do you expect uh, is going to be the outcome of the discussion at uh, Vinexpo? I don't know, because that's up to the experts here right. to talk about. Uh, it, is a, it is a fact that uh, you know, global warming has an impact on winemaking, so we, we need to uh, study what that impact is, uh, and we need to do that with uh, experts from both sides, you know, from the uh, climate side, uh, experts uh, side, and uh, from the winemaking side also. How much studying is currently being done in terms of the impact of global warming on the winemaking business? Oh, there's a lot of uh, studies going on uh, worldwide, and uh, and that's what we uh, we are hoping to uh, to get is uh, you know the great experts of uh, of the world uh, share their information and their studies and their research about the the subject. And then in terms of Brexit, uh, you know, I would 
wouldn't have even thought about Brexit having an impact on the wine business, but what are those potential impacts? Well, you know, as I said, I mean, uh, you, nobody knows at this stage uh, what uh, England is going to do. Uh, being the largest importing country in the world, that has an impact, of course. Well, listen, what a pleasure it's been to have you on. It's been a, a wonderful time to share with you. Thank you. And I'll look forward to seeing you in June. I'm going to find my way over there. If I can get a room, that is, that's going to be tricky. But our guest today, Xavier de Izaguirre, he is the chairman of Vin Expo. It was wonderful to talk to you, uh, David, and I certainly uh, uh, hope you will be with us uh, during Vin Expo in June. Okay, if I'm there, will you buy me a glass of wine? I will be, buy you a glass of wine, absolutely, <laughs> and maybe two. All right, well, thank you so much. What a pleasure. Uh, that is going to do it for Grape Encounters today. We will see you next week with another Grape Encounter, and we will uh, see you in June at Vin Expo in Bordeaux. Your Grape Encounter isn't over. We're just taking a breather until next week's edition.